Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Running Things with Donovan Bailey. There and welcome back to another episode of Donovan Bailey's Running Things with me, your co-host Simon Jane. Hello, Donovan. What's happening, man? How you What's doing, happening? man? Uh, you know, listen, I'm I'm real good. I'm real good. Um, I have to tell you that I believe I played my last game of golf. <laughs> right? I believe that I did. I believe. I, I hear that. I hear that it's going to be a real cold winter. I don't know that for sure. Uh, you know, we know that uh, weathermen are the only, or weather people are the only people in the world who get paid a significant amount of money to guess. Uh, so uh, they don't do a great job on that. I just want I, to point I, out. I can't listen. I, I I believe that I can. I can certainly get a job paying me a couple of million dollars a year for me to say to you that there's a possibility it might rain one day next week. I think that might work. Um, but but, <laughs> but but I'm but I'm telling you um, no. But the, the last week was great. Uh, you know, I, I played a great game of golf, and um, I, I was with my childhood buddies. And um, uh, you know, what can you say? It, you know, it's we, we're going to count all of these beautiful days uh, that are left here in Canada because we know for sure that winter's going to come, and that's just around the corner. Well, I'm here to give you some good news. I just recently read an article, and by recently I mean today. Uh, that says October is going to be unusually warm uh, on this continent. And uh, some days it should feel like 30 during the day. Oh, man. So what you're saying to me is that uh, although I was feeling like last weekend, like Saturday, that was my last day of golf, it sounds like what you're giving me, this great news that you're giving me, is that we're going to have many more of those days this month. So I am now extra happy. I think that's what I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm extra happy and my Raiders are 3-0. and Oh, my goodness. And, uh, you know, so good weather and the boys are doing well. I'm a happy man. Oh, my goodness, Raiders. Yeah, my, uh, my 49ers went 2-2 two and two this weekend. We got, we got kind, of, uh, kind of run over by the Seahawks. We didn't lose by a lot of points, but we just never looked like we were truly in the game, you know? So this I is, a, yeah, yeah, we're having, uh, I think it's going to be a tough go in San Fran this, this year, but, uh, I'm always optimistic, you know, with the red and gold, we, uh, we have history and we, we tend to pull together. So let's see what we can do. And that's um, cool. Colin Kaepernick needs a job. You there know, you go. I, you know, what's, <laughs> you know, what's weird is that I like, obviously I don't know Colin, like I haven't seen him right, right now. He could be like sitting at home, just slugging beers for all we know, but Uh, I doubt it. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know, just, we had this conversation the other day. So I got, you know, I got a little nostalgic and I went and looked up some Colin Kaepernick, uh, um, highlights and you know, that boy could run. Like he he could throw too. He could throw too. He certainly could run. Yeah. Like I, you know, we talk about, you talk about, you talk about a guy that scrambles out of the pocket. Like he's, he's like a fawn when he gets that, like an antelope. He's gone. Like 
You can't catch that dude. And it's it, still very, there's very few quarterbacks in the NFL that could, that's still capable of uh, doing what a great success story it would be if someone picked him up. Because I feel like, you know who should pick him up is the Patriots. That would be something. In Boston, that would be amazing. Well, in, see, now that you've mentioned that, because I always forget that New England's in, in, uh, in Massachusetts, but um, I would like it even more now because of For that. Sure. Because For sure. Because of that, because they'd have to admit that he's amazing. Right. You know, and you and I both know a majority of Boston fans are, and I apologize to anyone from Boston, but... You live in the city, you know, you know, I, I you know, know the attitude. I don't know where you're I'm going. I'm not pointing here. at you. I'm telling, <laughs> I'm telling people out there, mm. you know how they are. I love Boston as a city. Mm. I like going to Boston. I like uh, uh, Hingham Harbor. You know, I like, I like all that. I like being downtown. The pubs are like so unique. I went to like the oldest bar in like North America or the third oldest bar in North America. The last time I was in Boston and the liquor license on the wall was like hundreds of years old. It was crazy. That's, that's pretty cool. But then there's a the whole other side of Boston. that's just like, Oh my God. I think, I think that, um, winning overrides a lot of things. So if Colin were to go there yeah. and, 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 the, and, and he brought the Patriots, another bowl, another bowl, yeah, yeah, then yeah. He'll, he'll be all right. Yeah. Not, I mean, you know, we saw what happened with, uh, when uh, Tom went back home. Well, they were stinging a little bit last night. The prodigal son returned and, that, that, uh, you know, he still got it. So. Yep. Well, he got it and took it. And took it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They stifled him a little bit. But in the end, Tom was Tom and he came up with the, with the W. Right. And, uh, you know, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be hard for the Patriots to, Patriot fans to, to see the uh, Johnny football come back to the fold and, and take the W. Absolutely. We know that a couple of things we do know um, yesterday was this. Uh, Belichick does not throw the ball. Tom Brady does. Tom Brady does. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of those That people. would be an amazing wrap-up to, to an article on right. that game. Yeah. Yes, yes. Belichick yes. don't throw the ball. He, he can deflate them fine. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but uh, no, Brady is, a, is an enigma. He's an absolute, I don't know, a freak of nature, really. What is he now, 44? 43 years old? Well, he's old enough, but I mean, the great thing about him is that, um, the great thing about athletes now is that when you get to that age, if you're getting in your 30s and 40s and you have no major injuries and, and um, when you think about uh, exercise, physio, rest, and nutrition, um, it is, uh, it, it, we're in an amazing time in life where the human machine can take care of themselves by actually by 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 utilizing uh, those uh, the basic pillars I just mentioned, right? Uh, you know, and 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 so Tom is is one of those guys. You certainly got LeBron. I mean, mind mind you, listen, you've got we you know you've got older boxers now that I mean you, you've got guys in shape. I mean, I don't think some of those guys should be fighting necessarily, but you have a lot of older athletes now that can take care of themselves. So the ones that are actually playing at the highest level. Because there's amazing nutrition, food, sleep, therapy, all of that stuff, uh, it, it's still great. So, so I, again, and Tom and on one side, LeBron on the other, because LeBron is really not, he's not 21. Um, and he's still in amazing shape and uh, working it out and playing at the highest level, just like Tom. So, yeah, this is, um, it's real good to watch these older guys uh, hold it, just hold it down for some of us who have that nostalgia yeah, Still. and it's, you know, and as much as I, you know, because he was a Patriot, I, I never really was a Tom Brady fan, but it's hard not to be a fan of someone that accomplishes so much, um, someone that truly elevates the game and not just 
football, but sport in general. So I have become a Tom Brady fan over time. And I'm more ecstatic about the fact that he's no longer in New, in New England because <laughs> I never really liked him there. No one uh, really did, I guess. But um, He's winning. Yeah. He's and winning, winning. And winning is everything, man. Um, yep. So, you, yeah, it's you bring up, like, taking care of your body and, like, making sure that your body is, is optimum. And, and obviously we live in a time where, you know, sports medicine and sports uh, science has um, allowed uh, athletes to achieve things for longer and stronger and better than in years previous. Uh, and I always think about baseball when, when that comes up now, not because I've, I think that great baseball is like the most grueling sport cause it's not, but it's 162 game season. And whether you're, whether you're doing nothing or, or just swinging the bat or whatever, 162 games is going to wear you down. And, you know, I think the difference with baseball, with baseball players and let's say football or soccer players is that I feel like, and you would probably speak to this better than I would, but when you're getting ready for a game and you're a football player, you're a soccer player, you warm up the way you're supposed to, but then you put those muscles to work, right? And then, so baseball, I always find that they probably get injured because they warm up, but then they go sit down. Right. I mean, well, it, one, it's a team sport. Baseball, there's a ton of guys on the, on, on the pitch and on the bench. Uh, I'm talking about uh, together as a, as a team. And certainly uh, you do stretch for however long you stretch. For. I don't know how long uh, the average baseball uh, player might stretch for. But, yeah, you're stretching and then you're cold. Uh, cold meaning that you're sitting on the bench or you're just standing around. Right. And then, you know... All of a sudden, you're in, in, you know, you're you're going full speed to the infield to go catch a ball stretching or really weirdly to grab a ball or whatever, and so I feel like that's it. But 162 games is like, you know, that's it's a long season. But I mean, obviously, I'm going to be biased and say that um, uh, as a professional athlete and an individual athlete, and you have to warm up for an hour and a half at minimum every single day, whether to train or to practice. Right. Um, the tax on on the body of an individual athlete, I, I would say it's a little bit more because right. you can't hide. You can't hide behind your teammates, right? Uh, you know, so any athlete that uh, you know has to go through long, grueling season is going to get uh, um, you know injuries, or it's 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 very very important for them to uh, get the four pillars and maintain those. Um, you know, nutrition, rest, you know, therapy, all of those things, very important. It's very, very cool that you said that. Cause I didn't even cue you into saying that that was just something that you, you, you came up with. So yeah. you're going to like, oh, the, I just know it. I've been you, here, man. You, you, <laughs> the segue works very well. Um, okay. Let's be clear. We're, we're not going into a super happy topic right now. So trigger warning, uh, to anyone listening, uh, we are going to talk about addiction as it pertains mostly to sports, but I think some of the some of the, the larger, broader senses of the discussion uh, kind of reach into general society as well. Um, Robin Lehner is a goaltender for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, he took to Twitter this past weekend and uh, Saturday actually, and uh, shook the world apart. And he he and you know, and I'll read it. He said. Is it common for workplaces to give out benzodiazepines to employees when they travel and Ambien? Should that not be done by doctors or a psychiatrist asking for a friend? This doesn't happen in Vegas, to be clear, but I know many other teams. I also have been on teams that do. 
So, yeah, you can imagine that that shook up the world a little bit on Saturday. Maybe, maybe. Um, maybe it shook up the world because the average person doesn't really understand uh, the business of sport in a professional team environment or a professional environment. Maybe. I, I was, I'm hearing that this discussion, and to be clear, I don't know if it was a discussion. I feel like it was just a series of tweets and that's that. But um, I, I guess it started with the fact that, you know, if you are a hockey fan and you're following North American hockey, the NHL, um, there's a growing storyline between the Buffalo Sabres and Jack Eichel, who is like their Austin Matthews, their, their number one draft pick. So he's like their, their, you know, their thoroughbred and he's who they try to build a team on. And he has, he's had a neck, a neck injury. And obviously there's been some discussion over how they handled it, uh, which has obviously led to this discussion Robin Lehner used to be a teammate of his, and then this is what he goes off on. So I guess I was, I wanted to sort of get you on, on the topic and see, you know, uh, and again, I know that you're, you, you're potentially a generation removed from, you know, this, you know, this level of, um, science and how it's been used on players and the growing need for stimulants and, and, you know, simula- synthetic powders and, and proteins and all these things. And, and obviously, which is now giving way to a need for painkillers and uh, and sleeping aids, sleeping aids, I should say. And I, I just wanted to know if, like, you felt this was something new because of the opo- opioid crisis in general in our society, or or is this something that has come about in sport that has just been hidden? Yeah, I, well, the latter. I think that it's. I think that first of all, I mean, I'm definitely not a generation removed from 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 some of the goings ons uh, in professional sports or the politics of sports or in professional environments. I'm very certain that these all the a lot of these things were happening when I was an athlete. Okay. Uh, solely because of my NHL friends, my NBA friends, uh, NCAA friends, uh, you know, baseball friends. So it's across all sport. It, 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 it's everything. I mean, number one, I think we all got to understand that the responsibility of, we'll say, the owners is running a business, and their business is to get you on your field of play by any means necessary. Now, you as an individual and you as an athlete is still responsible for every single thing that goes in your body. And I'm saying that because I'm from the world of track and field. And the world of track and field is that anything that happens, I am responsible. Uh, I need to know when I drink water, from when I drink Gatorade. I need to know if I took an Advil. You know, or I took a, I mean, I, I, I didn't even know what else, I mean, or vitamin C. Right. You know, so uh, unfortunately, this is, a lot of this is just coming to light because people are talking. Now, we, we, can, we can talk about, like, if you think about the 60s and 70s and 80s, uh, when you, if you talk to some of those guys that played in the NFL in, in those times, uh, and, and, yeah, and they'll tell you that there are, you know, I mean, they were taking pounds of painkillers. Again, I didn't experience that because, it, again, in track and field, I have to be responsible for every single thing that I put in my body. And in light of um, me starting track and field, you know, after the Ben Johnson scandal, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was hell-bent on ensuring that, 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 and I'm also quite OCD, so. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that, that was absolutely, I mean, there was no problem with me um, knowing exactly that. But yeah, it's not, it, there's nothing new now. I talked to several 
up my friends that played in NHL. And it was very much the same way. I mean, they were, you know, you had the doctors or maybe sometimes a GM or somebody on the executives on that team. And their job is to make sure that athletes in the roster uh, make it to the field of play, make it to the rink. And they didn't really care. I mean, you know, and, and so I still say that the responsibility is still on the athlete because unless you're, you know, under 20 years old or under 21 years old, uh, then you should be able to say, no, listen, I need some alternatives. If, if someone's giving you oxy or someone's trying to give you Ambien or whatever, uh, there has to be other ways, which is what, obviously one of the reasons why I think we had a discussion a while back about my support of uh, CBD oil, right? And I said, I, I will always support natural medicine over anything that is chemical. And so, uh, well, I mean, obviously we've gone full circle in just what, in, in what I just said, but uh, I definitely don't think that um, it is the team's responsibility. It certainly has got to be the, the individual's responsibility as to what they put uh, in, their, in their body. It has to be. Can't you then argue that <clears throat> it isn't the team's responsibility per se, but we are building a culture here, right? So, it, you know, you want to portray every sport in its best possible light. So if we're not holding the team accountable, but more so the single athlete, are we not then creating a whistleblower culture where an athlete now has to stand up against his own organization? Specifically, as you said, if these are, you know, by and large overlooked sort of habits in a culture. Well, this is what, well, I'm just saying to you, based upon, based upon what you just said to me, we, right. are, we are in a whistleblower's uh, environment now. This well, is, this is, we're in a place right now where everyone has access to their own journalism, we'll say. Twitter, yeah. yeah I okay. mean, which is whatever social media, um, uh, what, which, whichever social media handle or, or, or whichever social media platform people uh, get to, uh, use, uh, but it comes back to again. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still in a place where I believe in in self responsibility. So I think that it's it's still up to you. You certainly there should be a list of things that were given. There should be a list of things that's given to athletes to take. And uh, if anything, you know, I know that especially in sponsorship in the in the world of sponsorship and business. If there's something that is regulated, uh, something that's natural, something that has no side effects, then maybe that team or that league should go to that company itself to go and get make them a national sponsor or something. I, I, yeah. abs abs absolutely, absolutely, and and again, that's what I'm saying to you. That I, I mean, I support natural healing products for the body. You know, it's, it's just like going to go work out and go and having, you know, a long ice bath to heal all the inflammation in your body. You know, I believe, I just believe in things that's not going to damage you long-term, but will help heal you so you can get back to, um, you know, exactly uh, as good as you were uh, the day before the next day when you wake up. We're going to take a quick break and we'll return in a minute. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, so I went like sort of digging to see what else was out there, you know, because Robin got me all wheels turning and thinking. Mm-hmm. So one of the bigger stories that I uh, I, I, dug, I dug up, and, and by dug up, I mean it was, it's only like a year and a half old, but <clears throat> is a pitcher for the Angels. Um, his name was uh, Tyler Skaggs, uh, a young, promising promising guy, uh, around 27. That's what it seemed like. It seemed like he was a very promising young player, and there was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of uh, buzz surrounding him. And uh, prior to a game, they found him, uh, passed, passed away, he died, uh, in his hotel room. Uh, as you can imagine, it was considered uh, an opioid overdose. He, he was, at the time, in possession of opioids. And the, the coroner's report did, in fact, confirm that he was on opioids. The weird part here now is that he was on um, counterfeit opioids. He wasn't even on the regular ones that you would get from a doctor. And even weirder than that is he got them from a staffer at the time, the director of communications, uh, who's now in court uh, over this whole thing. So that, he's a drug dealer and that's murder, right? Well, he, he's going to be a tough one, especially you got five other players saying that he also gave them opioids. But right. as we were saying, you know, if baseball or any other sport, um, you know, made it more of the team's, uh, culture, if it was more, if it came down more to that, would these things be happening? Would this guy, A, be even getting a fake, a fake pill? Would he, you know, like, you know, like if you're getting it from a doctor, they're probably at least going to be regular uh, oxycodone and not, True. and not fentanyl. True. So this guy is going sort of around the chain of command even, you know, in, in his organization. And, you know, and now it's making the sport look terrible. And now it's making, obviously, the angels are, look terrible because... It's, it's still the responsibility. It, it's, again, coming from an individual sport where I was carrying the entire sport on my shoulder. Right. I, I still think it's still, it's, it's, it's the responsibility. Now, if you're, in a, if you're in a team environment, you know, like in track and field, everyone, uh, there's a list of banned substance. So it means that you cannot take them. A lot of times when you hear... Is medi- these medications on it? I, well, I, no, there's, there's banned substance. I mean, so there's things with amphetamines in it, halls, halls that you chew, like, like the menthol that you, that you, that you chew um, uh, when you have a cough or a cold or whatever. That, that, that has, that has pseudoephedrine in it. I mean, I'm saying to you that there's lots of things, there's... Uh, I think Sinutab, those are all on banned substances. Sinutab? Yes. Oh, wow. So I'm saying to you that, I'm saying to you that there's a banned drugs list. And 
um, what baseball and basketball and football should do uh, is is one have a list that you can't they have a list of banned things, but also. In, in their case, have a list of approved things that they know the ingredients is and, uh, you know, it kind of eliminate. Right. Right. Or, or you, every single team that I know in any sport or, or every single individual that I know also has a doctor. So, uh, I, I'm thinking that you need to have that, that, that doctor then needs to prepare a list for that team. And then supply that team with what they think it's safe for those players. I mean, if you're going to be safe, that's the only way to be. Because sometimes people are definitely not going to govern themselves accordingly. And that's why we run into problems. In this situation, the worst problem that there could be, which is uh, someone took something and it resulted in a death, which is crazy. Because the crazy. only thing that's going to happen there, we know that there's going to be, there might be charges. That charge could be murder. And then there's going to be, you know, all kinds of lawsuits, um, you know, happening now. So, you know, you know, for me, I understand the business of a business of sport. And I understand that everybody wants to make sure that their best squad is on the field or on the or in the rink or on the track or wherever. Right. But there has to be a, some said responsibility for for those very athletes uh, who are ingesting this. OK, so we've sort of covered. Uh, you know, where we think the, the, the responsibility lies. And I do agree with you that, you know, if you are a pro athlete and you have made it to the summit of your sport, it is your, it is your, it is your, it should be your, your major concern. It should be the, the mantra by which you hang your hat on mm -hmm. what you ingest and what you're going to take right. moving you forward. You should be aware of it. I mean, there's no chance, there's no chance that I, eat or drink something to this day that but I, I don't, I don't actually understand it. And I'm, I'm saying to you that if you're, if you're a public figure and that might, um, that might, uh, drive you completely off the cliff by you having, you know, some street food, like right. whatever, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, I, I remember, um, I remember watching something with, uh, with boxing with Canelo Alvarez and apparently he, he got, he tested positive some sort of steroid and he said it was from eating some meat on the street. Again, that's probably, <laughs> it's that, a bit that, of a stretch. That, 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 that might've been a bit of a stretch, but yeah. I'm saying to you that either way, he's responsible for eating that. Right. So it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. Right. You didn't do it. Maybe the intent wasn't there, but you still did it. Right. It was from you being careless and right. reckless. Right. So unfortunately. That's why I love camps. Like if, you, if you're going to go away at, a, at some sort of camp championships or whatever, you're somewhere. Training in, with a team, training with you're a, an environment. Yeah. You have a chef. You have a, you have a couple of physios. You're, you're in one place training. You know, you're in the same weight room. Right. So yeah. So if you screw up. 100% I, I actually, you know, I'm got a little sidebar here. I, when I became the most envious of professional athletes, wasn't, wasn't from watching the fame. It wasn't from watching, you know, the life of, uh, of a, of a rock star athlete. It was actually a few years ago when I was doing physio of my own, mm -hmm. uh, for like just a hip thing that I did in soccer mm -hmm. and, um, going in regularly, like I was, cause it was, it was a pretty interesting injury cause I all, it was the same leg as my knee and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was going in pretty regularly and just, I remember thinking to myself how good I felt after mm -hmm. like a two hour 
like just bend, bend your leg this way, do that, put yep. this here. How amazing I felt. And thinking to myself, this is what they do for a living. Yep. They just tune up their bodies for a living. Absolutely. Well, if you, well, think about it. Every day after, I remember when I ruptured my Achilles um, and I was trying to make it back and, and Mark Lindsay, Dr. Mark Lindsay uh, was, was my guy. And for six hours a day, Six hours a day. So he said, so he was, he was fixing every single tendon and muscle in my body. So every day I was at physio. So yeah, it, it does feel nice. It's when your body, when your, when your body one, you know, is wired for whatever it is that professionalism at the highest level and it is fine tuned by someone. Oh. You're talking about nutrition. The whole, the whole dime, man. I was walking out of there feeling like a a million bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Training. Learning, learning to like move muscles. I didn't even know I could move independently. Correct. You know, your pelvic floor and all these things that you hear about, you know, like, oh yeah. And then you, you know, you finally do it. You're like, oh my God, I can control that with my brain. Right. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. I, I feel like a million bucks out there. So, uh, shout out to the doc, uh, for tuning me up. Uh, she was great. And I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it made me a little taller, too. My po- I got a little posture back out of the deal. So. Nice. So yeah, you're, you're yeah. 4'11". Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Good job. Reach. <laughs> Reach. Um, we've talked about how it's the personal responsibility of the athlete. So what? how do you feel about it when, obviously, preventative is always the measure, right? It's always, you want to be as preventative as possible. Uh, prevention is better than reaction. Mm-hmm. We always, th- and it doesn't matter what you're talking about. That's always the best thing to do. So you look at, for example, the story I just read to you about Tyler Skeggs and what happened after that was the MLB and the players union have updated the drug policy and la, 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 la and made it more treatment based and punitive and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, okay, but see, someone had to die for that to happen. So for, for me, what now? So we're past the point of, you know, it being an athlete's, you know, and I can also see how it's difficult for younger athletes to say to an organization or to a training staff or to a medical staff and be like, no, I don't want to do that. Because especially if they're watching older players do it, players they respect, players that they admire, and his career is still going and he's still alive and he's doing well. His numbers are amazing. Why wouldn't they do it, right? So where do we take the argument when it when it when we're past this point now, where it's now we're we're past the point of saying it's your responsibility, it is the culture now. Where do we go then? And I have something to read you on that point. I found this article by The Athletic, which is a great sports uh, app and uh, great sports journalism. And they did their own independent study on professional footballers in Europe, which is soccer, everybody. Uh, And they found that rampant use of sleep aids Mm -hmm. is is what's really tearing apart soccer right now. And the main points that they came up with in their own independent study. So they're not relying on other people's information and it's staggering. It's crazy. Players across every level of the game are using lorazepam, temazepam, and diazepam, which are prescription-based medications that are habit-forming and associated with dementia. Some players have ignored the (laughs) advice of their club doctors and have proceeded to medicate unsupervised. Some players feel pressured into using them due to the relentless nature of football's schedule. Uh, they have been used to treat anxiety as well as insomnia related to the increasing number of night games and long distance travel. Players are widely unaware of the dangers of sedatives uh, due to the lack of education uh, in relation to their perils. And at least one elite footballer at the top of the Premier League has been left out of fixtures because of his dependency. 
we're not talking an isolated issue here with one guy and one right. staffer. We're talking a rampant issue running across an entire sport, potentially crossing a continent. But is it, you know what though? Like, I I think that we're having conversations uh, outwardly now. We're having. I mean, I'm just saying that there's okay. There might, there might be more transparency now, but not. I mean, nothing that you've read is new to me. Because, right. Again, and this is again from my personal friends who have been involved in any other professional sport. You know, at, at the end of the day, you know, if you're playing football, that's, that's real football, people. Football with your foot. Um, <laughs> uh, um, if you're playing football and, and if you're any professional athlete, one, you have to participate in your sport. Then maybe you have social life. Maybe you have a family. Uh, you're traveling. You've got a ton of games. Uh, so yes, you know, at some point you're gonna you're gonna get dependent on something, and it's still for you to manage. For me personally, it's still for you to manage this. But the conversations that we're having right now, we're just having a conversation because more people are talking about it now. It's not new. It really is not. It is important to ensure that some of these players at its highest level uh, are looked at and treated medically by someone who knows what the hell they're doing because you don't want to get into a place where, um, you know, athletes, I mean, we're all very, we, m all athletes that I know have extremely addictive personalities because that's why you become good at anything. You know, you like a sport, you like basketball, you like football, you like baseball, and you just, you, you, you become passionate about this stuff and you're constantly playing it and you're constantly trying to uh, improve upon uh, whatever sport that is. Now, if you have an athlete who is dependent on something because they desperately needed to sleep or to wake up or to get stimulated to play the game, that's, a, that's, just, a, that's just a crazy journey to go on because you're only going to end up addicted, or, oh yeah. addicted to something. You know? so, so and again, how do you get off that train even? But I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Ultimately, there's lots of incredible nutritionists in the world. Um, and you're and saying there has to be a holistic way. I'm saying to you that there has to be five options, right? You know, at the end of the day, I really think that as an adult male or female, if you're playing in a professional league, you should be given the option of three or four things. I, I actually never think that, uh, the team or the league should ever provide that for you. I mean, I, I think that you and I've had conversations, uh, where, uh, the IAAF, and the IOC, when they're talking about um, the testosterone issue with some of the, the athletes competing, I believe that what uh, the IWF should do is essentially make that a biological thing because they can't be drug testing and then also be drug dealers. Right. So I'm saying that most teams... It's a certain conflict of interest, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I think that most teams... Or leagues should, should, should stay out of that. So is it time now to just do what everyone is thinking and just allow athletes to smoke weed? I don't think that that, that cannabis or THC or, um, or, or CBD products should be on a ban list. I think that's crazy. If you go into the, the naturopath stores uh, that have all these herbs and remedies that can help you heal, uh, help you sleep, uh, there, there has to be like the ones obviously that have done that's gotten the most research done. They have to be right alongside a lot of those pharma pharmaceutical chemical based products. Yeah. And also, and it's the athlete 
themselves, along with obviously the professional that would administer that, give them and educate them a little bit as to what should what they should do and what the ramifications are when they do it. Right. I'm just saying that. So then it becomes a balance where everyone's kind of responsible for what it is that they for for what it is that they do. Education is definitely key. I think always, 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 especially especially for this. So there we have it. It's time for sports to uh, accept CBD for what it is—a natural healer. Get all these athletes off. Get them off the prescription drugs. It's not uh, going well, and I don't imagine it's going to get any better. So hopefully, we can find some resolution. That is another episode of Running Things with Donovan Bailey and me. Uh, as always, if you like what you're hearing, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you to the wonderful people at Acast for powering us. And we'll chat with you guys soon. See you next week. Let's go Raiders. <laughs>